Welcome to the Gamers Pub, where buds get together and share some suds. Welcome to the Gamers Pub. I'm your host, Brandon Crussell, and this is... Cole Stevens. Thank you guys for checking us out. We are two buds with a new sud every week to tell you about the gaming news. Now, this week we have brought back one of our guest speakers from last week, our, our good buddy Shane Haichu. Uh, how you doing, Shane? Doing good. How about y'all? Uh, we're, we're doing pretty good. We're pretty excited for these game awards that are about to start up in about a, what is it now, like maybe an hour and a half or so? Mm, yeah, uh, I think so. So last week we had our, when we had John here, we were going through kind of our thoughts on the nominees of all the different categories and whatnot, but I don't, did we really touch on our predictions or do we kind of just cover our thoughts on the nominees? Because I don't really think we said what our predictions were. Uh, I think we talked about a little bit what our game predictions were going to be. I guess just like the more... Tiny bit. I guess the more I've thought about it, at least looking at the nominees now, of getting really digested and knowing that the awards are coming up now, I've really started thinking more on the actual predictions, like compared to say like what I would want or what I think is really going to win in some categories. And a lot of what I've seen too is like as far as popular opinion, like it's been kind of surprising. Like Death Stranding has been taking most categories and like the popular opinion that I've seen, whether it be like the soundtrack or the creative design or like, you know, kind of just the niche categories. But, uh, I don't know. What do you think on some of these categories and some of your predictions on what might win? Or do you remember a lot of these nominees? Um, I don't think so. For, it was, um, Resident Evil two for the, for the game of the year. Yeah. It was control death stranding, super smash brothers, ultimate, and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Sekiro and Outer Worlds. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. See what I'm what I'm thinking is gonna win, like as far as like like predictions of reality would probably be uh, Smash has a chance, but I just don't know. I would probably give it to like realistically. Maybe Resident Evil 2, honestly. Really? Mm. Just cause that's that's a game that ever since it came out, like, yes, it is a remake, and that has a little bit against it, I guess, but it's had universal praise since it came out, and people are still kind of heralding it as, like, their game of the year, and the fact that it came out, like, all the way back in, what was it, like, January or February, and it's still getting this much praise now at the end of the year, compared to with all the other games that have come out. Although, my, me personally, I would say Smash Bros. or Outer Worlds. Because I I personally just loved Outer Worlds. Yeah, I would. My uh, prediction for who would actually win is probably Smash Brothers. Um, my heart says Death Stranding, but I don't know if that'll happen. I mean, who knows? I think Smash Brothers because it's been a while since we had a major, well, a Smash game at all, a new one. How long has it been since Smash U? Or whatever it was for the Smash Wii U. Four, uh, it was, I don't know. It had to have been before it was before the Switch. It came out about 2016. Yeah, okay, 2016. I think a good two years from when Smash came out. Because it didn't technically come out in December of 2018. Yeah. Maybe 2015. I think it may have, like, I think I was playing it before I met Caitlin. So 2015, fall of 2015. 
So I was living in the dorm. So yeah, fall fall of 2015. I was, never had the Wii U. Or so 14. That was know. the one Smash game I missed. No, 14. 14, okay. So it's been about, it was four-year gap. I think it did a good job of, I think you pointed out last week, it collects everything that's ever been in Smash, puts it in one game. Everyone can hop on that has a Switch. I think it's good. It's a good candidate for uh, game of the year. Mm-hmm. I would. I'd probably be the happiest to see that one win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd seen some of the other categories that they were saying too, like say the action adventure or like what, what was that one? Is it was it an RPG category that it was the next one down from Game of the Year? The like Devil May Cry was also nominated in there. I think that was action, and then there was action adventure. Like those were two separate categories. Yeah. Or maybe just adventure was the same. I don't honestly need a quick refresh on some of these nominees, but yeah, I just remember like seeing Death Stranding surprisingly in a lot of them. When that that yeah. game is, it barely made the deadline for being a contender this year. Kind of like how Smash Bros. Since it came out in December of last year, it's now being a contender this year. Right. And being so close, it just seems kind of weird that it's already getting nominated for so many different categories. I don't know. So I actually have some things I wanted to talk to you about. Let's hear it. Huh? Let's hear it. So, okay. So we actually got a couple of comments that I wanted to talk about this week. Um, and now I've lost my page and I've got to go back because I'm trying to manage so many different things right now. Um, if we're going to answer some questions. Then I'd love to talk to you guys about the PlayStation State of Play and the Indie World that both happened Tuesday morning. Because I think those are some things that uh, there, there are some big things there that I'm not sure a lot of people were expecting. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I'm curious um, what the the indie thing is you were talking about because I'd seen uh, I didn't watch the official stream for the state of play, but I'd seen a couple recaps and uh, the big points that were hit there. But I'm I'm kind of excited to see this Nintendo thing. You didn't watch the indie rule? Mm. Okay. Well, I think there would be some exciting things that come from this. Um, anyway, so here's one of the questions I got this week that I thought would be some pretty good talk. And I wish we actually had uh, Sammy or Caitlin for this one. Um, so this came in from Chris Archie. And he said, how do you feel the importance of a balance between video game playing and time for family is being represented in the lineup of available and coming games as in comparison to in the past? say even the last console generation. So that's his first part. His second part was, what are some of the games you love and would recommend that you can play with your wife um, to help get her involved when she's not feeling involved? Hmm. So. Yeah, I gotta think on that one. You have to like, so I think we've moved into a different generation though, where People like there is more of a video game balance between time for games and family because games are so mainstream. The fact that we're on our cell phones, like we're so connected to things that we're now in a world like think about like our switches. Like even if we don't have time to play a console game on our TV, we can still sit down on the couch and play the switch. Um, And even the switch has some really great like Nintendo has perfect games to get your spouse involved. I feel it because. Caitlin already told me I can't have my Switch during the Game Awards. She's like, why do you need it? And so she's going to be downstairs probably finishing up Luigi's Mansion 3. So 
uh, Caitlyn has her way of playing games. But I, I think I, too, like nowadays, especially with this current generation and soon to be the next generation of consoles, that like you were saying, gaming in general has just become more of an accessible feature. Like there always kind of have been the games of say like the Smash Bros. Where anyone can kind of just jump in and play around a little bit, or you can have like your super in depth RPGs or your jump in casual like shooter games but nowadays like especially when since the indie market has really exploded within the past few years uh so many different types and styles of games are kind of just easily accessible and so there's really something there for everyone and it could really kind of help open up new people into the gaming landscape and also uh just finding say like if it's for your spouse or like for the family time like find the game that just fits right for your situation what do you think Shane? yeah um well i was just thinking about how with with the switch one feature that i really like is you can just go to sleep mode and suspend your game right there so if you're you know sitting on the couch playing a game and then um like maybe waiting on dinner or something dinner's already you just suspend the thing and then now it's family time it's easier to jump from you know, your own game time, family time. Um, and then also I've seen um <laughs> sorry, I got a cramp my foot and it's like, oh gosh, I gotta do something. <laughs> uh, I've seen um there's like a new wave of difficulty uh settings you can do where I've seen some that are just like pick this if you just want to see the story. Um and you don't want to have to, you know, slog through things. You can just play the game, you know, real casual. So that's a good way to be able to get through a game when you have maybe limited time that, to yourself. And then you're not, you know, stuck getting mad trying to beat a boss or something when it's, you know, when it's time to um, hang out with your family or, you know, transition to a family time or whatever. No, I totally agree with that i i think nintendo i mean nintendo is that sweet spot it always has been i mean the wii is such a big hit because it brought the family together because the games that they have are just that accessible for everyone um so i think it just depends like right now it's kind of hard like that first question like it's really hard to look at the lineup of games coming and saying like hey like you know it's really great for families or it's not because we don't really have much of a lineup for next year as of right now. Mm-hmm. But looking back... That might change with the... Tonight? These, yeah, tonight with all these games that are going to be announced. I know. We know of uh, Ghost of Tsushima. That which, actually got canceled for a little bit, and they thankfully <laughs> brought it back. I'm, I'm very happy they brought it back, because seeing that at E3 for a couple of years, it was really getting me excited. It was kind of like a Samurai Uncharted almost. Yeah. It looks fantastic from the three the 30 seconds that PlayStation showed. It, it did. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. They had a really extensive demo at the, I think it was the 2018, like yeah, the last uh, Sony E3 they had when I still went to the, the E3 experience thing up in Atlanta and saw the whole, it was like an eight minute demo that they had of a level. And it, it flowed beautifully. It looked beautiful in the graphics engine. And I, I can't say enough good things about that game. Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch has been kind of um, in the shadows for this g- generation, really. I mean, 
what they've done. They did the last Infamous game, and then I think that was it. Then. Yeah, like they made like all the all the Infamous games, didn't they? Yeah, like so, they never passed that on to anybody. As far as I know, they did. They did Infamous, and before that, it was like Sly Cooper. Huh. So they're like to me, they're they're a strong PlayStation brand. And Ghost of Tsushima is still a PlayStation exclusive, right? I guess I don't think Sucker Punch has ever made a game that's not a, that's not an exclusive. For it Sony. definitely didn't announce anything saying that it wasn't uh exclusive uh well it, it wasn't not a, a exclusive oh. but there, there's no hit like there's no time exclusivity uh nothing like that to it all right so but back to uh the question i guess um really i'm like a bunch of the big switch games are games where if you know you're playing on your own and your wife or your kid comes up and says i want to play a lot of it has drop-in capability you can even mario odyssey you can make them they can play as the hat <laughs> like it, nintendo thought of a lot of ways to incorporate multiplayer into into even a simple um, collection game like mario odyssey yeah and i'd also seen too they they did have a trailer for it in the state of play was the uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC. Oh. And specifically in that DLC, there are two new game modes uh, coming that are going to really change the way it's played altogether. They have what's called Black Code Mode and Black Code Mode and Fast Pass Mode, which they're like polar opposites of each other, where Fast Pass is kind of like the ultra easy setting you can have where it's like, you can one shot everything or just have a breeze experience or the opposite with black code mode where everything can one shot you and it's like harder than critical mode and all these kind of things. But it's not just as easy as that. Like there's so many different little things that you can uh, change and edit to customize a run to your style or to like say if there's an Internet challenge that you're trying to beat or uh, you're setting one for other people to try to do. They touched a little on it at the last Kingdom Hearts Orchestra show in Osaka, Japan, where Tetsuya Nomura, the uh, game de- the creative force behind Kingdom Hearts, was there, present, and kind of showing off very briefly some of these features where they kind of just scrolled through this massive menu of all these details you could change, where it would be like, like uh, HP of certain enemies or how much damage they could possibly do to you oh, you could okay. do to it or huh. say like this world in particular you focus on the enemies in that one or like this boss at the end of the game or like what have you could mess with so many little details that can really customize an experience for anybody which kind of goes into this question as well like uh say you can cater to the super hardcore want the hardest challenge you could possibly think of or someone you're just trying to get into the gaming landscape or they may be a beginner and just seeing what it's like, you can give them a super story-driven experience or you can give them a super gameplay-driven experience. Like it's, There's so many more options nowadays compared to what there used to be, at mm-hmm. least I feel like. So, do we feel like the video game industry has provided balance? I would say so, yeah. Like Compared, compared to what it used to be, like say back in the, the early days of like, like the original Xbox or the PlayStation 2 or what have you. It uh 
the more time has gone on, the more accessible and the bigger variety of game styles and types have it's only just gotten better, I feel like. And it's I feel like it's gonna keep getting better for all parties involved. So yeah. Alright. Uh so moving on to this second part. Well, I guess like we need we need to list a couple of games, I guess. Um that, you know, help with this family imbalance. And I, I think the N- Nintendo lineup as a whole does a really good job of that. Um, so I guess like we'll we'll talk about like, you know, getting the, the family involved. How do we get your significant other involved with you? We'll change it from wife just to significant other. Uh, part of pretend me, I have one of those. <laughs> part of me th- says like there's more to it than that though. Like, uh, well, one like is your spouse into video games to start with? Um, two, uh, do they have anything else like going on that they seem like that they feel like is more important than video games to be a part of? Uh, so just like there, there's just different aspects to to this that like need to be, you know, viewed here. Um, cause like with Caitlin, uh, she didn't play video games with me until I brought around the Wii and we started playing the Wii together for her. It was just bit like being together, spending time together, but also kind of like reliving her childhood through the games that we were playing. So like super monkey ball, she loves super monkey ball. Um, uh, I hate super monkey ball. I think it's ridiculously hard and difficult. Therefore I don't like it. Um, but like she loves it. And so when I wanted to try and bring her into my world, like I started playing Super Monkey Ball. That's all she would ever play. Since I got a Switch, you know, I got Super Mario Odyssey for her to play, uh, Yoshi, Kirby, um, like not all the easy games, <laughs> uh, but just more of like the relaxing games that she played as a kid, I guess would be more appropriate to uh, say. Yeah, it's definitely like a personal thing, like knowing each person by person case for what they like and how they like to play and who they like to play with. So so the person that gave this comment, he's talking about my sister. (laughs) And I I don't think my sister will ever get into playing video games, but that's just her. With that attitude. Uh, She wants something that's super easy to play, kind of like Caitlin. She wants a game that's not going to be overly... like she. She would probably play if it were more uh, just for the fun and not super difficult. Like if the difficult level was very low, um, her enjoyment level would go way up. Like not necessarily for the challenge and more just the experience. Right. Um, I think Caitlin's the same way. She likes playing Luigi's Mansion 3 and she she would always make fun of me for, you know, Googling a walkthrough. I got stuck. And right now she's in the basement, probably playing Luigi's Mansion 3 with her iPad next to her. Turn to uh, IGN's walkthrough <laughs> for Luigi's Mansion 3. Like that's just like where she's come. But it started with like other games, playing the Wii with her, playing the GameCube with her, getting her games on the GameCube that she really wanted to, to play. So like it's all about finding their story. Like it, it's like gaming for everyone like it's all about your story your journey your memories just playing games is more than just playing games mm-hmm. like you're trying to go back to a place or you're, you're trying to go to a new place experience a new thing um just so everyone's got their own deal about it 
It's everyone's own personal journey. Yeah. Gaming right there. Form of entertainment. Yes. It's got Is real it deep real quick. Oh yeah. There's more to video games than just mashing buttons. And zeros and ones. Speaking of which, just sides. I was thinking about like we we'll call like the the gamers pub, and I'm like this right here. This is the gamers pub. Yeah, like legitimately, like, play on words. Hello, cheers to that. Uh, <laughs> I really hope you can drink on Twitch. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you can do a lot on Twitch. Uh, almost, almost. I don't, uh, I don't know what's in that bottle. Yeah, I, this is Yahoo. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just an old fashioned Coke. <laughs> Uh, I do know that Kate will all like we're probably going to get uh, An- Animal Crossing New Horizon on April 20th because Caitlin's been super excited about it. Like, it's the one game she's like, An- like Animal Crossing, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's like, all right, it is coming. Um, so, hey, going back to thank you, Chris, for the comment. Hope you're listening. Uh, good luck on your endeavors. Uh, remember, it's not about you, it's about the other, other person that you're trying to get in- into. Just like when I eventually have kids, it'll be about finding a game that they like, not forcing them into the genres that I like. Um, I mean, thankfully, like my 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 love of gaming came from playing with my dad growing up, so I got brought into his genres. But a lot of genre, like times he would play games that we wanted to play too. So, hey, the PlayStation State of Play, guys. Uh, Shane, did you see it? Nope. <laughs> okay, one of the coolest things I thought. Uh, have you guys heard of a game called Untitled Goose Game? Yes. Have. It is no longer just on Switch. House House brought it or is bringing it to the PS4, which is really cool because it's a really good game. It's a very, very interesting game. If you. All right. So you definitely need to play it. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. Uh, I, I've seen, I've seen gameplay, but I haven't played it myself. Though. It, very, still, it still looks pretty pretty hilarious. It is. I'm not going to lie. I struggle with it. <laughs> I struggle pretty hard with it. Um, they're also getting Spellbreak, Ooh. which is the magic-based battle royale. I'm super stoked about that. That has looked really cool for a long time. I remember it popped up on Reddit, I don't know, maybe a year ago or more, and it, it jumped out at me. It's a game on. That, that name play. sounds familiar. I don't think I've ever seen anything about it past that, though. It's like the same art style as um, it looks like um, Fortnite, but it's not made by Epic or anything, I don't think. And um, like you pick your element type for your magic, mm-hmm. or you can pick up different element types in the map. And um, like the magics combine in certain ways to alter, uh, alter the environment. Like it's a really cool, fast, interesting looking take on the battle royale genre. Hmm. So right. that's looking pretty, pretty dope. Uh, what else do we got here? We have dun, 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 uh, Dreams. That's kind of cool. It was inter- like th- there are some interesting games in the state of play. Like not games I was like blown away by, but interesting nonetheless. Yeah, so Sony definitely likes to give some of the indie games or more of the unknown games a big spotlight on their their own kind of platforms. I wouldn't necessarily say to the extent of Switch, given the vast library of games on there, but also, like, at least the ones that Sony always kind of puts on blast, like, 
they at least warrant a playthrough or at least your attention to check it out, you know? Mm -hmm. Some of them end up being, like, truly amazing. Yeah. Some aren't as good as others, but at the same time, like, you never know until you try. Yeah. And just the fact that they're giving all these studios outside of the mainstream AAA system a chance to shine or get their story told is, is still something to be commendable. Oh, yeah. Uh, so here's what I know that we both are going to be excited about. Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC. Yeah, you just talked on that a little bit. And that's just a little bit of what's in there. <laughs> I mean, we're a... Me and Shane are both diehard Kingdom Hearts fans. We have been since we were kids. And those, those difficulty modifiers are just part of it. Mm -hmm. And some of the other aspects to that DLC were including, like, Final Fantasy characters are finally coming to the game. Like, they're bringing back all of them. Oh, okay. Just about all of them. Wow. At least from what they showed in the trailer. So we got in in Kingdom Hearts, he's Leon, but to everyone <laughs> else, he's Squall. Uh, they're bringing back Yuffie, Aerith. Uh, those are the ones at least we saw on screen. I'm not sure if the others are coming, but okay. who knows? Is there are they adding in a Sephiroth fight? Not not confirmed. I don't know, but uh, they are bringing back data fights. Okay. They are. That's cool. That it's like a live game. Like mm -hmm. in this new era, it's a live game that can add in. Really, whatever they want to work on and put in. Yeah, because we remember back in the the days of the PS2 when these when the other Kingdom Hearts games were first coming out, and you had to either get a copy from Japan of the newest version, uh -huh. or just wait for a final mix of the game, like to rebuy the entire thing. But now yeah. you can get updates like straight through the internet. Yeah. What what a wild world we live in. <laughs> There's also, uh, you could play as other characters. In some of these data fights, like they showed off gameplay of Kyrie actually fighting. I did see that. And they also had like the entire group of like the Guardians of Light fighting the Seekers of Darkness, like as a as a whole seven versus thirteen kind of thing. Ooh. A quick little snippet of what it could be, but <laughs> ooh, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited. Mm. And it drops was it January twentieth? No, January twenty-third, twenty twenty. Okay. And February twenty-fifth for Xbox. So there is a timed exclusivity for PlayStation. I also saw there's a, a free just update to place it to uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. I can't remember. There was something I liked about it, but I can't remember what. I'm pretty sure was. it was the difficulty modes that were part of that. Like okay. the difficulty modes, I'm I'm pretty sure were the were part of just free DLC because it's also coming with Oathkeeper and Oblivion. That's what it was. being Keyblades. But there is a there is a not necessarily a catch, but a requirement to them. You have to have cleared the game on critical mode to be able to use those keyblades. All right, I guess I'm playing through it again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've been trying to play through it a little on critical recently, and oh, it's hard. Oh, it's so hard. I love it, but it's it's almost frustrating how hard it is. Like, I'm on the Toy yeah. Story world right now. Yeah. And you remember, like, the big Giga toy monsters, like the big robots? Yeah, you, you gotta can get jump in. in them. Well, yeah, but they still have, like, a bar and a half of health, <laughs> and you take one hit from those things, and you're just dead. You might have to start using your attraction flows. I, I refuse. Okay, that's probably... <laughs> I refuse. It's probably hurting you. But anyways. Like, I'd rather fight the old Kingdom Hearts way and not use Disney theme park rides to beat yeah. my way through the game. That's just me. Yeah. And Damn. then we have Predator Hunting Grounds. I, saw, I didn't hear about that one. I saw that on Twitter. I didn't see any gameplay or anything, but it seems interesting. Interesting. It looks players. very cool. What was it uh, like? I, I didn't. This is the one game I didn't hear about from this. Uh, basically, it's like humans versus pre uh, predators. 
like predators from like predator yeah, yeah. multiple alien. predators or is it kind of like an evolved thing where it's like a team versus one kind of thing um that's a great question i know that so you're it's it's so you've got different styles of predators versus like the humans so you got like a scout, um, like a hunter, like you, you've got different, like different types classes. of predators and then like your body shape changes depending on what your, and is it kind of like classes, a, like, a, kind of just hunting each other or is it like a, not hunting team? each other, the predators are working together. Well, you have like predators versus humans, like is it like they're like predators are hunting the humans or the humans are hunting the predators or is it like a team deathmatch kind of thing between the two or like how how does that work you have a lot more questions than i have answers for <laughs> i'm guessing it's probably like the friday the 13th game and the dead by daylight so so ultimately that would that would still mean though it's like one versus many that's what it seems like to me i mean isn't the predator in the movies like it's usually just one unbeatable? predator well, i guess but I haven't seen a lot of them either. Kind of just. I, I think it's probably person. one versus many. I don't know. Do you know if it's a full like story game or if it's like just like the Friday the Thirteenth game where that's the game is hide and seek. Uh, but this isn't like hide and seek though. This is like team versus team. Oh. Yeah, it's it's like Master Chief versus, uh, the well, what are they called? The Covenant. The Covenant. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so like one so side's like Covenant, one side's like Master Chief. Oh. Yeah. I, we probably need to find out some more about this. <laughs> probably do and probably should have. But I'll probably never play it. So. Unless it's a free PS Plus game. All right. Um, and then the big one is Resident Evil 3 Remake. Was kind of surprised to see it announced there, honestly. Like, it was confirmed it wasn't going to be shown at the Game Awards, but... I don't know. I guess I still would have expected to have more of a a bigger platform for that kind of announcement, you know? Not saying it's a bad place to be announced. I mean, love us some PlayStation over here, but still. I love seeing the graphical comparisons of the games, like the original Resident Evil 3 to the remake. Like, how far we've come. It's, it's insane. I mean, I'm not surprised it came through the PlayStation State of Play, because uh, Resident Evil 2... Like that, that had a bit more of a bigger deal on, on PlayStation than anything else. Originally, or the, the remake? The remake. I mean, it still came to all the other platforms too, didn't it? Besides Switch. Like it was on PC and Xbox? I don't know. Huh? I know it's not on Switch. That's all I, I know. <laughs> That's like all I, I look for when games are announced. Um, but I wouldn't be, be surprised though if Resident Evil 3 is like. A timed exclusive for the PS4. Well, was Resident Evil 3 on? Granted, Xbox? I'm literally reading I'm, it. Says like sure scheduled it to release for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So, so there we go. I still wouldn't be surprised though to see it. It's some like something. Well, they're all supposed to be released April 3rd. So never mind. I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. I'd also seen too that the uh, the technical Resident Evil 8 or whatever like. The one v four multiplayer kind of thing. Oh, I, think okay. I can't remember exactly what it was called now, but 
or that was supposed to be releasing alongside the three remake with its own kind of little short campaign and whatever. It was kind of imagine Evolve. Like you remember, you remember that game? Yeah, I never played it. Well, it was this little multiplayer thing is basically that, but Resident Evil Five. Hmm. Like it's it seems interesting. I just I don't think it warrants a sixty dollar purchase though. Anyways. Yeah. So that was the Sony State of Play. We are talking about Ghost of Tsushima just a little bit. And then the other big thing that happened on Tuesday was the Indie World. Um, I'll say that one of the biggest things was Dauntless is now released on Switch with, I believe, full crossplay because um, it's through Epic, um, which Dauntless is really good. I've been playing the last couple of days, even with my broken thumb, which has been really sad. Um, there's some like you just need to go check it out there's a lot of interesting looking indie games i don't really know if there's any in there that i'm like man i've got to go pick this up um odd world strangers wrath hd i know that's a um remaster or yeah remasters where they just up the graphics right yeah 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 it's a remaster of an older game it looked really cool reminded me a lot of turok um from the 64 so that was cool um and then axiom verge which i guess is a really good game I, i've heard of that one i've heard a lot of people talk about it so it's, it's a little on the older side i thought isn't it i think so it's he said he's been um, working on axiom verge 2 now i think for a couple like for a few years sounds about right so uh the rest of it streets of rage 4 got announced I'm trying to think of like any other really like I think you just got like you have to go judge for yourself what looks really interesting. Okay, so there's one. Okay, this is really silly. Uh one called the Boyfriend Dungeon. I saw that. Yes. <laughs> Where your weapon becomes a uh potential boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> it looks like it's like a uh two or like a I don't know, angle down dungeon crawler where you run around. And then it transitions to like a weird, you know, um, Japanese like dating sim game where like the boyfriend is like talking to you and you got to pick the right <laughs> dialogue thing. And like, I don't know. It looks pretty fun, but it depends. Imagine that being like a party game. Yeah. Could be. All right. Well, with that, guys, that's all I've got for this week. Got a couple of questions. Got the PlayStation State of Play review in the indie world. I know we're sitting here and we're like, all right, let's like we are 30 minutes away from the Game Awards, which I'm super stoked for. I know you guys are, too. We've got all this food in front of us on the table to eat. Um, Thank you for joining us over on Twitch as we have streamed the first ever recording. Well, not the first ever recording, but like our first streamed recording of the Gamers Pub. So thank you for joining us for episode 11. Uh, we will be back in a bit for the Game Awards. Um, you can see our live You can find the Game Awards on Facebook, on our Facebook, Facebook page. If you want to support the show, visit us on Anchor or leave a review on the podcast service of your choice. Um, and guys, I we've never mentioned this before, but we have to mention this. Uh, because I was told we have to mention this. And I'm well, stalling because I'm like, I gotta, you know, find it. Uh, 
Um, our theme song is a mix of chiptune melody by MC Cisco Kid and Scarlet Fire by Otis McDonald. And our podcast is edited by Patrick Mick Williams. He was our first guest speaker. He was our first guest speaker. Um, and I need to double check and see if he's coming tonight. Because uh, I know another friend is not coming for our watch party. That's all right. Uh, we have tons of food and some really spicy buffalo that you can get to get to. So thank you for joining. My name is Brandon. I'm Cole. And I'm Jeff. And we will see you next week at the Gamers Pub. Bye-bye.